Meet the Skywalkers by Frodogenic. Read by Sam Gabriel. Based on the works of George Lucas. Chapter 16. Well, Sam, said Piet brightly, watching the Falcon's sublight engines dwindling away towards Coruscant. I thought that went quite well. Hmm, <laughs> said Vader, rubbing futilely at his smeared eye plate. What with being clambered on and granddadded left and right and getting goodbye kissed on his helmet by his Durasteel-nerved granddaughter, it had not been a banner afternoon for the last Lord of the Sith. Piet debated once more whether, as a loyal subordinate, he ought to mention that young Miss Solo apparently preferred matte pink lipstick, but surely said loyal subordinate was due a little amusement at Lord Vader's expense. Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treads the corn, and so forth. Anyway, Skywalker would probably notice when he and little Ben got back from collecting his luggage above deck, assuming they weren't sidetracked by something shiny or fast or dangerous. Well, if the ship blew up under his feet, so be it. Piet had more concrete crises to consider at the moment. As if an answer to that thought, Deck Officer Mordan and his crew of flight techs respawned back into the hangar. Their launch window must be coming up. Droids swarmed, machinery bellowed, and the half-platoon escort of stormtroopers came clattering in through the main hatch. Vader, who likely could have done with a drink, which probably explained a lot right there, come to think of it, instead set about restoring his equanimity at the platoon commander's expense, finding ten imaginary faults with the unit's appearance and comportment in as many seconds, but thankfully leaving Piet at liberty to check his chrono surreptitiously. He winced. It was, in fact, fifteen minutes behind their launch window. However fast he flew, if Skywalker didn't expedite that packing of his, and how, how by all the gods, could it take a man this long to sort out one duffel bag? Hadn't he had to bug out thousands of times with the Rebellion, escaped a thousand traps by the skin of his teeth, been a criffing starfighter pilot trained to go from REM sleep to cockpit in ninety seconds or less, they might well miss their scheduled arrival window. Unfortunately, if Piet had learned anything over the last few months— it was that nothing was going to get Luke Skywalker off the executor until he was good and damned ready. But he could get off early, couldn't he? Take his own shuttle? It was only a turbolift hop away, and since he had yet to inform flight control that Lord Vader's two-year-old grandson had reorganized his afternoon transportation arrangements, it should still be flight prepped. He could at least beat them down and stall. Piet cleared his throat, trying to catch Vader's attention over the racket of deploying hoses and whining scrubbers and thundering cargo sleds and his own echoing basal profundo. Sir, if you won't be needing me, my shuttle is on standby for departure. I shall connect with the Ambassador ahead of schedule and make any last-minute preparations for your arrival in... He made the mistake of glancing up mid-sentence right into a suspicious lens aimed down at him. Crivetal, he was usually better at this. Galactic City. Vader abbreviated his verbal assault on the hapless platoon sergeant, who, despite his full face helmet, was projecting a very put-upon expression, and speared him with a force pike of a stare. "'Is there some urgency, Admiral?' "'I'm merely aware of the value you place on being timely, sir. The accord—' "'And I am aware of your predilection for catering to the whims of political authorities.' "'I believe the term you're searching for is tact, sir. As I was saying, the accord still—' "'Tact,' said Vader as if it were an entirely different sort of four-letter word, is merely a shorter way of spelling politics. Piet did not so much as blink. I must disagree, sir. It is a valuable strategic skill in certain contexts. Such as? Such as when collaborating with a temperamental or obstinate superior. 
Are you suggesting you have experience with such a superior? I would never suggest such a thing, sir. I would make a conjectural statement and allow my superior to draw his own conclusions. Tact, I see, Vader said ominously. As I was saying, sir, it would be poor strategy to give any avoidable offense before the final documents are signed. For example, if our delayed arrival requires today's itinerary to be shifted back half an hour. His imagination presented a detailed vision of the diplomatic arrival terminal lined with foot-tapping diplomats, trigger-happy security details, temperamental Sith Lords, and a Borsk failure, who'd had an extra half-hour to come up with new and exciting ways of irritating both himself and Piet's hopes of a successful treaty into early graves. Vader crossed his arms with malice aforethought. That would indeed be disastrous. It might, sir, Piet said stubbornly. I congratulate you on your foresight. Don't let me detain you. Thank you, sir. He clicked his heels, nodded, and turned to- But first, perhaps you should review for me this itinerary. Let us be certain that I understand every single detail. Piet clenched his teeth for a second, and turned crisply back on his heel with a perfect blandness of expression. The itinerary is unchanged, sir. We're scheduled to meet Ambassador Tremati of the Imperial Remnant, as well as the Minister of State at Ariania Bel Iblis Spaceport in approximately... He made a show of checking his chrono. Twenty-nine standard minutes, following which we will depart for the Senate, where there is a state reception scheduled for 1900 hours this evening. Vader made a disgusted noise. Don't worry, sir. I am told it's been closed to the press. Would that it had also been closed to politicians. In that case, I imagine it would not, in fact, be a state reception, sir. If that is all... Did the ambassador indicate which politicians I am to be subjected to at this reception? Hardly any, my lord. Just the State Department, really. Oh, and the Senate Majority and Minority Leaders, a few dozen of the senior senators, the Joint Chiefs, their immediate staff, probably General Kraken of their intelligence services, a few hundred select representatives from key civic and public organizations. Vader cast him a decidedly sarcastic glance. Such as the Jedi, no doubt. Oh, no more than thirty or so of them, sir. He suspected the minister had arranged that to reassure all the guests who did not have lightsabers and arcane powers, provided the guests were too dense to recall what Vader had done to the last Jedi Order and put two and two together, it might actually work. I have every confidence that they would be on their best behavior, mostly because he'd overheard Skywalker vetting invitees on the hollow with his wife a few days earlier. Vader waved a hand in resignation. So be it. The signing is scheduled for tomorrow. 0900 GST, sir. Her Highness is expected to be in attendance for that, as well as Grand Admiral Peleon of the Imperial Remnant Government. If you have no other questions... He was responsible for signing the peace treaty with the Rebellion, was he not? So I'm told so. If you have no other questions about the itinerary... What is your opinion of this Peleon? None, sir, he bit out. I've not had the honor of meeting him yet. If you please, I really must... Surely, Admiral, if I am to exercise this tact of which you speak so highly, it is imperative that I know something about all these distinguished political authorities. With whom did this Paleon serve during the Empire? Piet glared. I'm afraid I have no idea, sir. Why don't I go down now and ask him? Whatever reply Vader might have begun was drowned out as the hangar's proximity sirens and lights went off once again, a sound Piet had barely been so delighted to hear. Someone in flight control had apparently had enough initiative to order his shuttle routed back here, rather than impose any more walking on the Admiral. Piet made a mental note to find out the name of the officer responsible, and sign off on that man's shore leave orders first. 
yet seizing the excuse to reposition himself a little away from Vader at the front of the boarding zone, just as his shuttle entered the outer airlocks, or rather as a shuttle entered the airlocks. Unless Lord Vader had been up to more extraordinary tricks than usual, that was most certainly not his shuttle. It had the sharp, slick gleam of a hull just off the assembly lines, so this design was likely no more than five years old. Definitely a military transport. The thing had four tri-laser cannons stacked beneath her prow, besides a curious housing on her belly that probably concealed stern chase mounts of some sort. Her back-swept stabilizer wings began rotating as she landed, swinging up and angling back to lock it against her stern. Might be an evolution of the Lambda, even, though she must be at least half again the tonnage. Higher passenger capacity, or maybe a cargo- Admiral! Vader rumbled behind him. He shook himself out of his fascination and realized Vader had been saying something or other, though he had no clue what. My apologies, my lord. I wasn't aware we had another New Republic vessel inbound. I suppose this must be a military escort? In a sense, said Vader. Piet frowned at that. You were expecting this arrival, sir. Vader ignored the question and instead reached into his belt and withdrew a chip, which he held out to Piet. Your New Republic identification. Piet took it, dumbfounded. What will I need that for, sir? It is a requirement for civilian interstellar travel within New Republic space. I wasn't aware this qualified as interstellar travel. Piet frowned at the chip. Unless he was gravely mistaken, it was the chip that Skywalker had given Vader on the bridge earlier, before they'd come out of hyper into the system. And hadn't he said something about an arrangement, and that the princess had had a hand? That must be this escort, but what on earth was it all for? This was the capital system, it was fairly swarming with security. We're only going down to Galactic City. You are not accompanying me to Galactic City. Vader made a curt gesture that brought a lieutenant sprinting up out of nowhere, towing a stack of hover cases, and then extracted another chip from his belt. Your leave orders. Piet nearly fumbled it. My what? Your leave orders. Piet gaped at him, then at the chip. He flicked the little hollow display and its information projected up. Destination, Axela. He nearly dropped it again in his panic. Sir, I place another question. I know precisely what you have and have not done. Vader crossed his arms. There is no mistake. It is a disciplinary shore leave. Piet dropped the lid. Disciplinary? Yes. Review of your personnel file determined that you have accrued leave time over the past 26 years in excess of the allowable 60 standard days, contrary to Imperial Naval policy. You are therefore required to expend a minimum of 60 standard days on shore leave before you will be permitted to resume active duty status. A forefinger launched at Piet ominously. See to it that such an oversight does not occur again. He did not have the first idea what response to make to such blatant bureaucratic fiction from Lord Vader of all people. He was dangerously tempted to laugh. My lord, I've far too much to do right now. We haven't even finalized the accords with the New Republic and- and I will conclude the negotiations, Vader thundered over him, and oversee their implementation. Do not imagine yourself to be indispensable. I, well, of course not, my lord, but it's my responsibility nonetheless to see this through. Your responsibility is what I inform you it is. The finger was practically prodding his nose. I have already notified your sister of your anticipated arrival 46 standard hours from now. He couldn't wrap his brain around this. You, you called Carilla. I am capable of operating a holocom, yes. Delay will only incur her displeasure as well as mine. His voice became a shade less harsh. She is most anxious to see you. Piet blinked suddenly, stinging eyes. Sir, I, I can't. I can't. 
Not before our men. You have brought them home and have secured their liberty. You have done enough. Vader waved a hand briefly on his shoulder. I shall see to what remains. Piet had to put a hand to his eyes for a moment to gather his composure. Even in this new phase of camaraderie, even with Skywalker's influence slowly nurturing his better lights, never in a thousand years had he expected such a gesture from Vader. Thank you, he rasped. Thank you. Vader grunted and paced behind him. You have no cause for gratitude. I reiterate to you that this is a disciplinary leave purely owing to your irresponsible management of standard personnel benefits. Piet forced a watery smile, stowing his orders and new identity on his jacket. Yes, sir. I shall not make the mistake of being trapped in unknown space for twenty-five years again, sir. You will regret it intensely if you do. Vader gestured sharply at the shuttle, now extending your boarding ramp. Your transport and escort. The ramp had just finished extending, and someone was coming down. Piet squinted. A hover chair? But who? He realized, too, a heartbeat later, and abandoned decorum almost the same instant, hurrying over the distance. Max! They'd used to call him Stoneface, but just now Maximilian Veers' famous granite facade was cracking, lips shaking, eyes blinking fast. He reached up to salute, and his hand trembled a little as he took it all in. The hangar bay, Piet, and if Piet knew Max Veers, that towering black figure behind him most of all. Admiral! His clipped, polished voice wavered with emotion in old age. Admiral! I hardly believed it until now. Still grasping Veers' hand, Piet stepped aside to give him a clean view of Vader, who had resumed haranguing the platoon commander but paused upon seeing Veers' hungry gaze. Veers let go and raised his hand in another tremulous salute. Vader acknowledged it with a brief nod. I don't make them like that anymore, Veers said fervently, while he tried to mop his eyes on the sly. Everything falling apart, seeing you, him, the lady. It's like it never changed. Well, Piet murmured. I'm afraid we've done our fair share of changing too, Max. He's different than you'll remember him. He aimed a wry smile at his old comrade in arms. As I suppose you'll have worked out already, given the average admiral lifespan on this ship. Veers settled back, and the martial light that sprang into his eyes was like greeting an old friend all over again. You're a canny bastard, Firmus. I always said so. Also'd be spitting fun if you could see how long you've hung on. I expect a complete and detailed briefing on how you did it. Piet shook his head. You wouldn't believe the half of it, Max. If you knew what's happened just since Ariadu. Uncle Pete! Uncle Pete! Piet turned in time to spot little Ben tear out of the turbo lift nearest him, weaving deftly through the various legs between him and the shuttle ramp before stumbling to a fascinated halt at the novel spectacle of a man with no legs in a hover chair. Thank God, he said ignoring the looks of equal bewilderment Veers and Bem were now trading. What took your father so long? Better question, muttered Veers, with an uneasy glance in Vader's direction. What kind of father brings a child aboard an Imperial warship in the first place? Little Ben pointed back the way he'd come. It's fine, Ben Batman! What? said Veers. But Piet's eyes sprang desperately to the turbo lift. Right as His Imperial Majesty the Emperor Palpatine walked out of it, in two splendid, gilt-edged dimensions. Oh my god, he didn't. Ben, said Ben happily at Piet's knees. Vader's stentorian voice became suddenly conspicuous by its absence. Piet swallowed, waiting for the other boot to drop. It wasn't a long wait. What do you think you are doing with that? 
Skywalker's cheerful expression popped up over the top of the portrait. This, it's mine. Vader crossed his arms. Piet coughed and looked down, where he found that Veers had invented a truly remarkable new expression which he would have given a great deal to have recorded, not as much as he'd have given to go back and unrecord that damned Sabat game from the history books, obviously. Veers yanked his sleeve. Piet, is that... Yes, Piet sighed, in the flesh. Skywalker? What the hell is Luke Skywalker doing here? Where did he even start? Vader stalked up to Skywalker, the better to loom over him and the glaring likeness of his late monarch. It, like every other fixture aboard this vessel, is the property of the Imperial Navy. That, said Skywalker, making an elaborate show of putting the portrait down on his foot and leaning his elbows on the top of the frame, was before I won it. Piet couldn't help noticing the way he so clearly did not say fair and square. From whom? Vader hissed. Leaving no doubt that he had spotted the involvement of some form of rebel sabacc, now listed ahead of stun tag, mouse droid fighting, and cockroach olympiads on the disallowed recreational activities roster, and consequently the most popular form of entertainment aboard, Piet ran a hand over his face trying to remember when he'd last updated his will and whether he'd gotten round to adding Westla to the list of beneficiaries. Skywalker raised an eyebrow. That's classified. He glanced Piet's way and made a beckoning gesture that brought little Ben scampering over the deck to him. Veers yanked his sleeve. Hang on, that's Skywalker's runt. Yes, hissed Piet. And for God's sake, don't... What's Skywalker doing here with this? What do you intend to do with it? Vader demanded. Also classified. Piet hoisted his hover case and cleared his throat again nervously as Ben started punching the front of the portrait with clumsy little fists and cheering himself on. I think we should be off, Max. Veer, still yanking his sleeve, did not hear him. Famous, what in Vornak's name is that Jedi scum? Vader leaned forward like a hawk bat stooping for the kill. And your wife's opinion of this acquisition? Piet seized the arm of the hover chair, spun it round. I don't see how that's your problem, father. Vader made a honking noise and slammed the brake on the hover chair. He doubled over, clutching the armrests, and stared up at Piet, looking like a human question mark. Piet burst out laughing. Max, that's, that's not even the half you won't believe. The text of this story can be found on AO3 and fanfiction.net. The music is Guitar Blooms by Sylvester Weaver. Special thanks to Sakiko. For more stories that I've read, visit my website at samgabrielvo.com. And finally, as always, thank you for listening. <laughs>